Hey y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Shell, of course, of SW Podcast. And what's up, y'all? Y'all know I'm always happy to to be here with y'all in the building. Um, just being able to do the show virtually in person, however we do it, it's always a blessing to be able to do it and get in front of our people and um have some podcasting time you know i love all that so i just wanted to um oh i got some in my mouth i just had some there um <laughs> i just had some um goldfish so um we need everything to be all the crumbs to be showing we'll need all that but how are y'all doing welcome to sw podcast it is Wednesday, December 21st. Happy birthday again to my niece, Kylie Marie. That's my boo. Happy birthday, boo. Um, my niece turned seven today, y'all. So happy birthday to her. Um, what else? What else? What else going on today that I just want to throw out there real quick? What else? What else? I don't know. It'll come to me because I had some other little throw out there things. Cause I didn't get to do my wild out. Um, I didn't get to do my um, my freestyle Wednesday yet this month. So I was gonna just throw out a few tidbits um, in the middle of the show today, just because I didn't. I'm not. I haven't done it. You know, wild out freestyle Wednesday. We get to kind of like um, have conversations about several different topics that don't actually go hand in hand. They're just topics that are going on in the community. Um, Things that may be affecting people on a personal level, and we talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we do on um, Freestyle Wednesday. But today, today shows about generational traumas, um, and we're going to talk about are they based in oppression or not. Um, we are going to. I'm going to put. I'm going to put a link up for anybody that wants to actually just join the conversation um, live today. Or you can continue to do as you do in the comment section. That's cool as well. But if you do want to join it live, we'll, of course, have the link available to anyone that wants to do that. And let's see. Okay. So let me go ahead and do our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is, Remaining silent about family pain is rarely an effective strategy for healing it. The suffering will surface again at a later time, often expressing in the fears or symptoms of a later generation. And that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all. We're going to talk about how um, a lot of the things that we go through may be transparent of our past of different our past but not our present past our um past past like generational past we're we're gonna have that we're gonna have those conversations today because our traumas don't always stem from what we've been through they can literally come from things that our um ancestors went through people that um in between the last, it can go as far back as the 20, 20 generations. So imagine the amount of years, amount of, you know, the amount of time that takes for that to happen. Um, it's, it's big. So we definitely, definitely want, um, we want to kind of have a conversation about that today so everybody can at least understand a little bit more about why uh, going to talking to somebody and get some, some type of therapy, some type of counseling, some type of um, services that allow you to see and have a better understanding about what you go through and some of the symptoms that you face or some of the um, trials and tribulations that you face. And it's not always negative things that come from our um, past generation, from our past generations now, because we got some uplift, we got some powerful people that was behind us. Everybody not just like, ooh, woe is me. You feel me? So the the fact remains 
that there are symptoms back then that we are late now that we're carrying on and expressing in our daily daily goings and comings and other people that were a part of that actual path they're dead and gone but we still have the we still have to live with a lot of our the things that our ancestors went through so that's what we're going to talk about today. And this is common of that. It says remaining silent about the family pain is rarely an effective strategy for healing it. The suffering suffering will surface again at a later time, often expressing in the fears or symptoms of a later generation. Of a later generation. I'm telling you. So yeah, that's that's what it is. You you really have you really can't it's plain and simple you somebody gonna have to somebody gonna have to deal with whatever um the past generation dealt with somebody gonna have to deal with that and you couldn't and can you understand why because like if if they're not having if they're not having the um if they can't do it and they can't do anything about what they went through because they're, they've already passed on. It's somebody in the, the upcoming generations that got to face it. So say for instance, we dealt with, <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and take the quote down. Cause we, we definitely gotten that um, taken care of. All right. So, the question of the day is, can trauma be passed down from one generation to the next? What, what it, does anybody think that? The, do we think that trauma can be passed down from one generation to the next? Do we think that? Because yes, it can. It can definitely... Um, it can it, it can definitely be passed down and it happens regularly like um i this i i was watching a couple of videos where this lady stated that um she was like she said you know i was going through so many anger issues and i was going through a lot and you know and i couldn't understand why cuz why was i so angry my mother was good to me my father was good to me everybody was doing what they supposed to do for me why why was i so angry and she went to therapy for it. She went to therapy and she started understanding a little bit more about it. And the and the lady, her therapist told her, she was like, you may be carrying generational traumas. And she was like, what? And she said, yeah. She said, what's going on, Kels? What's going on, homie? She said, she say, yeah, you may be carrying generational traumas. It may have nothing to do with how you are, who you are, what you've been through. Some of the things that we are carrying in us, within our spirit, within our souls, within our, come from our ancestors, come from our past, come from generational history. So when you may be having dreams of your of people getting abused. You may be having dreams of your family being uh, rich. You may be having dreams of your family being slaves. You, may, you whatever could have went on fifteen to twenty generations back. So as every as every time move forward, anybody that you have children, like you're you're anybody you have children with, all of you all are taking on. Like, I mean, that child is taking on all of y'all, taking on you, taking on the father, taking on your history, your generational stuff, your father's history, your father's generational stuff. And it all becomes into them intertwining who they become. Everybody is not completely just a form of themselves for nothing. It comes from all kind of things that help us be balanced to what we're going to be. Now, some of those things just may not be things that we want, but lo and behold, they are still things. You feel me? They're still things. So, yeah, um, 
I wanna, I wanna first, I want, I definitely want to point that out that we we have to we we have to um, take into account that everything in our life is not going to be based on who we are or who we think we are because some of these things are formed by your past. It doesn't always result in who you, what you think it should be, and what why you think it should be. It now the there, the the thing with that though is there is healing. You can go to therapy. You can talk to people. You don't always got to go sit in a chair and throw your feet up. You can actually have conversation about these things, and these things become very prevalent to you, and and then you become you start to be healed. You become healed, and it's a, it's a whole it's a whole different aspect. You know what I'm saying? You, um, it's a whole different aspect when that happens. You, when you can take on the opportunity to say, okay, I don't want to keep having these barriers and these dreams because of things that my people went through. I want to take it and let it help me versus hurt me. Yeah, exactly, Kels. Is from the mother and the father's ancestors. Exactly. So right now we're walking around with our mothers and our father's generations on our backs and in, in our souls, in our spirits. So things that these people had to face, adversaries, richness, goals, all the positive things, all the negative things, everybody that they had to face and do and deal with, we gotta, we're, we're carrying that. We're, it's inside of us. So we, at some point, get to feel it. Um, it says a growing body of research sciences suggests that trauma, like from childhood abuse, family violence, or food insecurity, among many other things, can be passed from one generation to the next. And that's also along with the other things that are in the RNA and in the DNA. So all of those things are definitely, exactly, because it's definitely, it's in the DNA. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, one of those, um, it's an RNA. Um, I can't. I can't. I'm. I'm having a brain fart right now, <laughs> and I know why. But I'm definitely having one. Um, it's our epigenetic. It's our epigenetics. That's what it is. Yes, and those are um, genetics that run through the DNA that have the impact on our offspring. It creates the impact on our offspring. So it said that the field of epigenetics gained real traction after about a decade ago when scientists published seminal research on the extended period of fam famine that took place towards the end of World War II when the Nazis blocked food supplies, thrusting much of the Netherlands into famine. When the other, when the Dutch um, 20,000 of them had died from starvation, pregnant women, blah, 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 blah. And scientists found that those who had been in utero during the famine were a few seconds heavier than average. Okay. And they were starving for one. That's crazy. Um, and two, the thinking goes that the mothers, because they were starving, automatically quieted the gene in their unborn children involving in burning the body's fuel. So the, so the child was giving the mother energy and she was saving any food supply for her baby only, you know, eating enough for the baby to be okay. But also the child was passing energy. It's, it's amazing. Um, they also, in that same time, hold on, hold on. I just want to get to that main part. Okay, no, they said no one would argue that decaying organic matter and rotten fruit makes for such a rich strum of bacteria. So say for instance, you're 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 the things they're calling the thing they're calling it like our um uh, our the baggage that comes from our generational traumas. Um they're calling it um shit, basically. So the erosion that comes from your body, the that's that what settles inside of you are the bad parts of the generational things that are going through your body. But there are other things that pass through you that can give you, because, you know, most of the time you dealt, if your family was 
going through any type of traumatics, it was because things were going on around them. It, it never was just like, oh, they, they want to suffer because they want to suffer. No, they, it was because things were going on around them. So with that being said, you have you had the the um, the possibilities of many, many epigenetics that were occurring in between that time frame. Whatever your body is teaching you to do and you're pregnant is teaching your baby. It's teaching your baby. There is now converging evidence supporting the idea that offspring are affected by parental trauma exposures occurring before their birth and possibly even prior to their conception. So before a baby is even thought about, there are things that are going to affect that baby <laughs> that that come from the mother already. It's in the DNA. Although although both in and this and the simplest level, the concept of intergenerational trauma acknowledges that exposure to extremely adverse events impacts individuals to such a great extent that their offspring in, in themselves grappling with their parents' post-traumatic state, a more recent and provocative claim is that the experience of trauma or more accurately, the effect of that experience is passed from one generation to the next through non-genomic, non I hate this word, non-genomic, possibly epigenic mechanisms affecting DNA function or gene transcription. So, it's first of all, our, our bodies are amazing. For one, um, they they do so many things and they help us in so many ways that we have no knowledge of. So that's that's key when you think about that because the fact that our body is allowed to even hold in certain organisms and neurons and and different epigenetics that are allowing us to hold on things from our past says several things. Several things. For one, it's either where we have to stop. We always talking about the generational curses. One of them could be that we have to put a pause on generational curses. So this is the reason why if it hasn't been healed and halted, it has to be. That's why it's continuing all the way through your time. So it's passing on through your baby's time as well, through your children. So you have to take the opportunity to go ahead and start putting a halt to some of the things that are causing these genetic transfers to your to your children, your children's children, et cetera, et cetera. Secondly, since it knows that you have to heal the first, I'm sorry, back to the first one, putting a halt in the generational um, curses is basically, you know, doing the therapy, healing, whatever it needs to do to make sure this goes no longer past you. Because you can change how the, the origins of those studies of that trauma transfers. You can change that. So that's one. Two, the, the, other, the other possibility is that it's going to cause friction and you're not going to know what to do with it. Because you're not trying to stop it. You don't see it. You don't see it, and a lot, and and that's probably more than anything that they, is not visible to them. It's not something that they feel like they need to worry about if they don't, if it's not affecting them. And that's that's a huge thing. That's a huge, huge thing. We have to have all aspects of our DNA going through us to get to our next person with the intention of there being purpose being served. Not just to be out here lollygagging and fucking up, but with the intention of a purpose. Okay, so um, the biological research into the study of intergenerational effects of trauma and the findings increased prevalence of PTSD among offspring. So, okay, so story time. You have a person was, I think it was probably about, and this is what makes, this is what makes having a, a understanding of people very important. You, you know, without trying to be judgmental with people, without trying to hold things against them all the time, at some point, if you get to the point where you've been 
too much, you got to let it go. You know, if it's constantly exhausting you and giving and taking away from you more than it's helping you, some things you got to let it go. Um, so, but <laughs> if I like, I forgot to put this on the screen, girls. but if it's one of those things that gives you trauma just to try to achieve some type of sanity. Yes, trauma can be passed down. If it's if it's one of those things that's not allowing you the opportunity to see that there's an, an issue and you trying to get away from it and work on it, then you need to actually go to somebody who's going to be uh, specialized in that. Because sometimes you cannot just go talk to people, just your friends, just your family members, and think that you're going to get the results that you're looking for because it's not always that easy. You know what I'm saying? Um, you it, it, it does not reek of you want help if you are constantly running from the opportunity to get it. That's not that's not what people are going to gather from you if you're not actually showing that that's what it really is that you're seeking. But this particular situation is that it's telling you that even if you're trying to get help from somebody and it's causing you more pain, more hurt, more this, more that, you need to get out. That's not that's not for you. That's not for you. Okay. Um I I I really I really think that a lot of us believe that everything that happens to us, we're we're in control of it. It's absolutely not true. You have okay, this one, this is what I was about to say when I said story time. I forgot all about that part. I was skipping all past it because I'm going to something else. See how I do that? And I got a whole agenda right here. <laughs> um yeah. So, okay, so a young a young man stated that um, he was having constant dreams about um, the war that he was in. He had he had been um, home from the war. I think he did not not the war a do a, when it did a duty served. A, uh, I think I guess that's war. Then had to go across seas to serve to tour a tour. So. He said that he had just did a tour like a year ago and he still was having trouble sleeping and that things were giving him really, really hard. It was very, very hard for him to get through a lot of the things that used to be easy for him. So. So he was in, you know, talking to one of the veterinarian therapists or that veteran therapist and. They were telling him that he said this is some of the things that they told him. And the, I guess the one that stood out to me the most was the fact that um, they did offer him the opportunity to come in and get the counseling through the through through the VA. Um, I think that he turned it down because he felt like it wasn't a one on one opportunity. He thought it was an open class thing, and that they had one on one opportunities as well. So I think he was just really more so in my opinion, scared to do it. So, okay. Um, he decided not to go to the therapist or whatever. And he um, felt like he can go and talk to one of his friends. And that was fine. You know, he did, he found, felt it, felt like it was easier to go and have these conversations with somebody that he knew versus someone he didn't. But they didn't, under, his friend was looking at him in disgust because they couldn't believe what they were hearing. Like um, the the different things that he had, he was doing when he was overseas. Like these things were stuck in his brain. He couldn't understand how he can get them out. He wanted to put stick his fingers inside his head and pull his brain out. Different things that made him feel so um, taken aback. Until the friend stopped being his friend, couldn't no longer hear the stories. They were too gruesome. So he stopped talking to people about it. He shut all the way down and said that if his own friend didn't want to hear 
how he felt and what he had to say. He, he wouldn't talk to anybody about it because it made no sense for him to feel like it was worth him saying anything else about. And so, you know, he ended up going back to therapy after some couple, a couple months of realizing that the dreams were still going to be there. He had to go and face, he had to go and actually talk about these things so that they can, he can face them so he can let them know that he's bigger than these things. It had to become something he put at his footstool. And that's exactly what happened. You know, he worked on that, but therapy assisted him in so many ways. And he felt like at first, all he wanted to do was just talk to people, his particular, his friends and it was like, um, but everybody, the thing, and the thing is, is that a therapist, even though they not, they haven't been through everything that you're telling them, their condition to have understanding, there's no judgment, there's no evil looks, there's no stern, there's no sternness. There's all, only thing that every, only thing that a therapist is doing is giving you the opportunities to accept the onus of you in the situation. That's what that's what you're doing. You're growing from seeing who you are. And you get to see who you are because you get to feel change in yourself once you start to release a lot of those habits and a lot of those feelings that were causing you to question who you are. So important stuff. OK. Um. If you're dealing with somebody who had a family history, a generational history of trauma, getting it going to their offspring is going to happen. But learning how to deal with it is what's more important with that situation because you have, you got to have either the, you'll start off first with the basic approach um, and you understand that the off, uh, offspring affects was um it was a, it affects the maternal separation in the early handling of how your baby is treated how you're nurturing that child what you're doing for that child so even though the baby has already generational things forming inside of them as they're born because their DNA is a part of your DNA they're taking on their father's side, just like they're taking on your side. And it's a whole combination of different things that this little human is going to have to process at some point in her life and start having to see who he or she is. You know what I'm saying? Based on some of the things that they've come from. Um, and so if we're going to talk about, if we're going to talk about um, the fact that we come from areas in our life that took us from that uh, we where 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 we actually have to now we suffer from things that our our ancestors were, went through we suffer from it you you get what i'm saying um we we now are the people who are feeling what our people went through we get to have that, and and it's because of our age, our wisdom, our grace, our um, the energy we possess, the type of the type of uh, beings that we are. All of that is something that is taken into account once you start seeing different ways of who you are and how you what you're passing on to the next generation. Because you got to remember, you already got. 15, 20 years of generations on your back. Now you're having children and you're adding to the generations. It's a beautiful thing, but how you, what you do with it, that's money. That's gold. That's gold. What you do with it is gold. You understand? You got to be able to take your pain, your stuff from your past and not make it who you are, but make it what you can become because of it. We got to start changing 
how we allow our trauma to affect us, especially when it's some trauma that we know that we're not in control of. Now, you know, it's going to be some things that you're just who you are. That's just what it is. This is just who you are. You can't, you can't deny it. <laughs> you might have got that strictly from your mother, strictly from your father. Because this time's what I say to my kids. I don't know who y'all get that from. I don't understand that. <laughs> and not, you know, forgetting that they don't just come from me and their father. You know what I'm saying? They come from many other people behind us. This way, on our back. That way, on his back. You may not want to believe it and accept it, but trauma is definitely something that is passed down. You you waking up in the middle of the night, having cold sweats, not understanding why. It's different. Like, I have read some studies on this, on how this operates our epigenetics. And I was blown away, but I was fascinated all in one. Because it's so many different things that have um, effects on our intergenerational the epigen epigenetics and our mechanisms. Um, and it, so let me let me say this. So it says the epigenetic modifications impact gene function by altering gene respiratory and regulatory elements that affect the action of gene transcription. So all that means is that everything that your body makes, everything that their body makes, it is colliding with each other and it is change it's altering <laughs> it's altering regulatory elements that affect the action of those genes. So because they're bringing, they're mix, mixing with something that they weren't just normally used to, it's doing it altering. This gets way more interesting. And this is a lot of the reason why I love science. Okay. So we gotta, we gotta start with, so with the fact that we know that um, our genetics are affected by, with the fact that we know that our genetics are coming to us and affecting us based on things that come from our past, from our ancestors, whether they are good or bad. If they are on the side, on the, more on the side of not helping us, but harming us, we got to start looking for ways to heal and getting that situational things down pat so that we can start changing things because generational curses are not something that we need to be carrying on. But if you feeling it and you seeing it, you got to know that that's a problem because if you seeing it on you and you know it's something that's not pointed to your child, that spirit is real. It's real. Exactly what they say is real. That is, it, you can't even question that. It's telling you right, bold and clear that anything that is happening to your child and any type of genetic modification comes from, yep, epigenetic. It comes from the many, many uh, genetics between parents, history, ancestors, generations after generation after generation. Like I said, you are carrying a lot of shit on your back. So if you don't feel like that's worth going to get healed, you're going to continue to have to keep carrying it because you're not walking around with things that just who you are. You're walking around with things that help to create and form the person who you are. And a lot of those things are going to be very traumatic. You're going to have dreams about things that your ancestors went through. You're going to actually be so involved in the dream sometime you can feel what they went through. We have the the thing said that we have the um, authority to feel the feelings. We can see it. We can go back into the part of where we can experience it like we were there firsthand. That's just how vivid these things can be for us. Those generational traumas are not always going to be things that you feel like you can have control over. It don't work like that. But what you can do is start seeking some type of refuge and some type of counseling and some type of 
life coaching services, some type of therapy, something, talking to somebody that allows you to let you be free in expressing what you're thinking. Because these thoughts, these things that you're, you, okay, so this young lady was telling me that, um, she said that I have thoughts and things that I go through that I know for a fact that I haven't experienced, Shelby. She was like, I, I have never experienced any type of abuse, but I'm feeling dreams of abuse. Like, I feel like I'm so vividly in these dreams. And so she said, it started making me write my dreams down. And I remember talking to one of my, um, one of my friend girls who graduated with us back in 2000. And she was telling me she was, she's a dream. She one of those people that help you understand dreams. And I started doing exactly that right now. When I would have dreams, I would write down in a journal what my dreams were because they were such certain dreams are very, very vivid to you. And a lot of those dreams are not just dreams. Those are encounters with some of those people that are from your past generations that have experienced these particular situations. So, and it was so traumatic until she had now started to feel those particular energies rising through her, coming through her, pushing through her, because that's what her, her ancestors had went through 15 generations back, 15 generations back. It's not a game. So those emotions you feel, those thoughts you have, some of those things, once you tap into all that other shit that's going on with you, you cannot run from it now. It's now going to start happening way more vivid to you anyway because you it's starting to get your attention. But a lot of us, we ignore those dreams. We ignore, oh, it's just a dream. No, it's not. No, it's not. A lot of those dreams are very, very vivid to us for many, many reasons. Many, many reasons. You got you. It's it wants it wants to. Some of those things want to come on out in the dark because they want to go ahead and start getting some type of understanding for it. You know, because you can't you can't fix yourself and get all this type of stuff done if you don't see that it's happening. Because it's because you don't see that it's happening like that because you know it's not you, but it's inside of you. Something in there. Something in there being very very open to you, letting it not, letting you know that. Because I'm of you, you can feel me. It's, it's very, our bodies, science, all that is such dynamic stuff, y'all. Really, really dynamic stuff. And it's, it's such a shift in having some type of understanding what you feel, how you, how your body feels, what type of connections that you have with your father's um generations that your mother's generations have and all these different collisions of energy that are pushing through your body those soul ties are real who you connect with is real and when you start seeing a whole lot of stuff like that and you start feeling different stuff you be like man that i ain't trying to just be out here slinging that thing anyway that right joe <laughs> I ain't just trying to be out here just going crazy with it. No. You got to be a lot more specific in who you're mating with and who you're doing things with, dog, because it ain't just worrying about if you're just going to get somebody pregnant and, and, and if you could take care of a child. Man, you are putting a, a different being into this world that has no idea of the different things that's going to be spiraling through her body or his body. So the difficulty in parsing different maternal contrib con contributors to offspring outcome to the offspring's outcome does not mean that epigenetic changes to oxides are not potential contributors to offspring phenotype, just that this has not been determined and will require inactive methods of investigation. So the possibility that trauma-related epigenetic changes in germ cells contribute to offspring has been um, demonstrated in association with sperm. Isn't that, isn't that awesome though? Like, think about that. Think about that. So let me put this comment up. Hold on. Let's see what it says. 
the body has the ability to heal itself just by thinking it. They did a study with placebo pills about that. Yes, they did. Thank you for that comment. Say so, Vele. <laughs> but yes, true indeed. The, our body, we, our mind is very, very specific. Um, so if we tell our mind, tell our body certain things to do and what to feel, how to feel, you know, different aspects of that, it definitely gives us the opportunity to heal. It don't, it might not happen that fast, but it'll start to process it because you're already doing the things that it's supposed to be doing. You can't go against your body, but you can also tell your body what to do because you are already treating it as it should be treated. So that's very true. Our bodies are definitely have the ability to heal itself. Um, so yes, if, if, what I was just reading is that our how our children are born and what they are encountering in the process. Because as I said earlier, um, our kids are already what's going to go inside of them is already there before conception. So we have already put in our in our DNA, RNA, all of those different things, those travel cycles that flow through our body we have already put it out there of what's going to flow into their body, especially now, but all you need to do is that sperm, like he just, like the, the study just said, that sperm is going to determine what type of factor it's not, it's not to just say the sperm is going to say, whether it's a boy or a girl It's going to have more of a aggression to determine it. So when it comes in and it, that's now that's going to help it see what type of energy is passed on to that child to that force so boy girl that whatever type of epigenetics are going to pass through is going to be determined based on the type of aggression that that sperm is going to try to push through to, to create whatever child is coming out so it's a whole lot of different forces that work with us our body our bodies are fucking dynamic it ain't like seriously y'all among the epigenetic mechanisms that have been implicated in paternal transmission of stress effects via sperm are DNA and oxidative damages to sperm DNA. So all of these different um, DNA processes are ways that can affect how the male sperm can contribute to how, what, if it's going to be a male or a female. Wow. Wow. So, anywho, your the aggression, the DNA type, the um. Oh, I thought I seen something else pop up on the screen. The um, the lifespan, all of these particular things have effects are are affected by the paternal, um, the paternal placebo. All of that. It, not much. The you know the maternal things come from the mom on how she carries the child, different things of that nature, and then her epigenetics are already formed. But when that sperm enter into that egg and it clash and it says this, is what we're gonna do? There we go. The sperm is in charge after that. Um. So. If since I so back to the body, back to back to how we can continue to try to heal ourselves and getting some type of healing so that we can stop making these epigenetics that pass through us become generational traumas. Because at some point they either have to stop or they're going to continue into your children, your grandchildren and grandchildren and grandchildren. So at some point we're going to have to change that. Right. We can't. We can't, we can't be a source that knows exactly what's going on in our generation and we just, we down off and the next generation don't have any idea any, or anything, of, no, have any knowledge of um, what generational traumas are. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta go ahead and start working on different things on how you can heal so that you can get those children to have understanding on things that they're having, um, these dreams and these nightmares and these feelings, um, days that they just wake up feeling like, oh my God, the world on my shoulders. 
and they have nothing. Like literally, they'll tell you they they be depressed for nothing. But it's not just them. It's they carrying so much. We carrying so much. So if we don't start to try to work on ourselves and put into some type of aspect of cleansing. We got to cleanse that shit, y'all. We got to get, we got to know that there are going to be many, many active neurons, electrons against us in our own body working against us, just as many working against us as there are working with us. So just like we tell our body to heal and we tell our body to get better and we tell us that today going to be a good day. We're affirming these things. We're putting those things out into the air. So if we're going to do that to make us feel good in, in a mental state, why are we not doing those same things to try to clear out and cleanse those things that are causing us bad exposure and all that bullshit? Like we, we, we put all this out there into the atmosphere just because we don't know how it got into us. We mad for no reason. We angry at the world. Everybody ready to shoot each other. It's so many emotional things that are sitting inside of us and we have no control over it because we think it's just us. So we think that a lot of the things that we're walking around dealing with just came from us. And we know for a fact that we ain't been through half of the things we feel. If that's going to be the case, you got to get some type of help. You got to get some type of healing. You got to just let that shit out. And then, like I said, it don't always have to be at a, to a counselor. Everybody got a, an advisor in their circle. But if you want to talk to somebody that's outside of your circle because you feel like your circle may not understand, you might have to go, understand you may have to go to a therapist. And that may be the best thing for you. A lot of religious people. Um, or spiritual people, they go to their churches, they go to their sanctuaries, they go to different places that allow them the opportunity to express those things. But you got to go to people who understand and believe in what you're telling them. You can't just think that everybody's going to have understanding for, oh, this, this I, I, I'm feeling this way because of something that might have been happening in my generation because I'm having dreams about it. I'm writing down my dreams and they become way more vivid to me. And I'm seeing these things in my dreams and I'm documenting it. So I know I'm putting it together. So I know that somewhere down my through my genealogy, one of my family members had all this goddamn gold and somebody came in and robbed them. And I'm feeling that I'm having these dreams. I can see it. It's vivid. I'm not crazy, but it got to be somebody that you talk to that has that understanding because everybody don't get it. Everybody don't know that our body creates so many different forces for us and our body is in control of so many different life cycles that are going on through through us. People just think that we just up and going on our, just because or we was born. Everybody not going to understand. So you got to make that you got to take the opportunity to say now, okay, I'm aware of these different traumas that are going on inside my DNA. I'm aware of the different things that, that my my that my body are is carrying epigenetic wise. I'm aware of all those things. And because of that, I want to change either how it's perceived or what I'm or how it's conceived, meaning either through birth or through my mouth, through my actions, or anything like that. You got to be more in control of what you're giving off with your usage of your generational traumas. Your generational traumas do not have to be your end-all and where thought. You can fix it. You can change it. You're in control of that. And the healing process starts within. So that's, that's that. I want y'all to take that into strong consideration because without understanding exactly how you are allowing your body to not see that it is in control, that it has the strength, that it has the, the power to change how you, what your body is allowing to get in, your body is in control of that. Your mind is in control of that. All of us have these concepts of knowledge to know what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. But do we utilize it because we've known what we've been shown what to do with it? That's another thing. Okay. So now, um, 
just the before I get out of here, just to associate the title, generational traumas, and are they based in oppression? A lot of our oppressive, our oppressive thoughts and our, a lot of our processes and how we think, um, our, it is a lot of that is due, due to the oppression of our generational, our ancestors back in their time. It like it may now you your oppression now could be totally different in how you perceive it. But oppression is oppression. If you if you are having those dreams and those different thought processes of experiencing people in your life in your generation, um, and, ugh, Joe, I know, I know, Joe, I know, I know, Joe. Say most people have no idea. I know, Joe. Um, but your brain and your and your mind and your soul and your spirit have so many ways of connecting to one another. That's how they can get to your heart because all of them have a working um, blood vessel that goes from one part of it, to your body to the next. And it's a connecting, it's connecting for something because it all has to function. That heart can't function on its own. It didn't just, it just ain't, it ain't just doing that. It got to have all kinds of flow. So if you want that to continue happening, you got to feed it good. And feeding it good is giving it the opportunity to heal, giving it the opportunity to seek some type of understanding, giving it the opportunity to forgive. While we sit up here blaming ourselves for so many things that we have no knowledge of, we, we are so... Um, hard on ourselves we don't give ourselves enough grace especially when i told like i said earlier a lot of times we know that that these particular thoughts are not of us because we've not even experienced those things but it's so vivid to us we can feel it we know it's there so that means at some point it happened to somebody we don't know if it's on our daddy's side we don't know if it's on our mama's side we just know our generation is our past is now starting to show in our present and we have to be in charge of what we do to make it conducive to how we continue to live. If y'all want anybody, know anybody that needs to speak to somebody about it, tell them to hit us up. We got them. We'll put them in contact with a good therapist or we can put them into contact with a good life coach. But regardless, we got to get that start, that process started because a lot of us are walking around with a lot of baggage in us that we can't even ascertain how it got there. All right. So. I appreciate y'all so much for tuning in today. I'm going to um, leave out of here today putting the quote back up because I want you to remember the, this particular quote where it says remaining silent about family pain is rarely an effective strategy for healing it. The suffering will surface again at a later time, often expressing in the fears or symptoms of later of a later generation. And that's what that generational trauma is. Got to start with you. If it ain't happening with the people before you, it got to start with you. That's that's just the way it is. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all catch me next Wednesday on SW Podcast. Y'all have a great evening. See y'all soon.